Hi, this is Garrett Graham. You're listening to Pumpkin Spice Podcast. Welcome to Pumpkin Spice Podcast. It's a seasonal artisanal treat for fans of horror films. I'm Rob Schulte. I'm Brittany. Hi. Brittany, I've got a very special episode for you, for the audience, for Clive, and for those who didn't want to go see Midsummer. Like me. Yes. And, but first, because it comes up and I had to like bleep out a long, winding excuse for why you didn't see the movie, <laughs> just tell me flat out. You can say it. You don't have to lie. Why, why didn't you see Midsummer? I mean, well, I get scared. And this wasn't on the list. We have an yeah. approved list mm-hmm. of the movies that we will watch. That's right. Both of us have to agree to them. That's right. Well, I mean, it just wasn't on the table for me. And uh, is it because it took place in Sweden? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, how did you know? <laughs> Could it be that you could imagine yourself as the lead character in this movie? Because that would make me not go to it. Every character in any movie, I, I can imagine myself being that person. Well, then I had uh, a buddy of ours, Tim Barnes. Tim, Tim! <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. Stand-up comic, <laughs> all-around great human being, joined me just to talk about the film because we felt feelings after seeing it. Mm-hmm. And you gave permission. I sure we did. needed permission. Oh, was it just like, oh, yeah, totally. Go for it. <laughs> I think that's literally what yeah. I said. You were like, you know what, Rob? I've had my own terrifying experience this week. <laughs> I don't need to have another because exactly. you agreed to uh, tell me about something that happened to you the other day that you posted about online, but left a big mystery. Yeah. Well, n- this is the time for me to tell my story. So it all started... Yeah. Please do. Last Saturday, I was at the Beetlejuice-themed bar, pop-up bar in Los Angeles. It is called... Sounds disgusting. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's called Beetle House LA. I They didn't pay me any money. I just was like letting people know in case they were wondering. <laughs> and, you know, you go into the first room. It's supposed to be like set up like a speakeasy. The lady's like, you're dead. So, you know, deal with it. No, <laughs> she's like, this Here's is your pur- number. Right. He, this is purgatory. She's like, in order to get into the bar, someone's going to have to tell me uh, a name and we're going to chant it. And that's going to open the doors. So she turns to me because I'm always the person, right? Oh, yes, of yeah. course. <laughs> no cha- and no if chance. it's not you, it's me. Yeah, exactly. She turns, and you weren't there, so there, she she turned to me, and she said, what's your favorite horror movie villain? At a Beetlejuice bar. At a Beetlejuice bar. Not a horror movie no. bar. A Beetlejuice bar. A Beetlejuice bar. And I was like, oh, we had just recorded our Chucky episode, so I said Chucky. Why not? The movie's coming out. It's a yeah. hot moment. Oh, yeah. Hashtag Child's play. I, I said, Chucky, she says, oh, okay, wow, uh, interesting. She's like, everybody chant Chucky and the doors will open. So we did. You know I love a good chant. Also, why not chant Beetlejuice? I have no idea. I think they were just, I don't What? Dude, I don't know. Were they bored? <laughs> well, I don't know. I didn't ask them. It was, it was kind of, it's weird because, you know, then you walk in and then there's a giant Jack Skellington head and it's like what? it's yeah it was dumb because it's like it's really a Tim Burton themed bar but for some reason they wanted to pitch it as like you know what I mean because like if they had said it was Tim Burton bar I would have been like okay this makes sense but it would have been like oh is it all 
Charlie and the Chocolate Factory right. and like Dumbo yeah. and Big Fish. A big Fish, yeah, definitely Big Fish, Edward Scissorhands. But my friend and I were just kind of like, oh, okay, it's like that. Cool. After this drink, let's get the fuck out of here. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but, but then we're like, let's swing by the bathroom, right? Because we gotta check our makeup or something. Oh, yeah, I gotta do all those Beetlejuice I drugs. Pee in the toilet. Take that out. Um, and <laughs> as we were coming out of the bathroom, someone said, down that hall, like go down that hall, Chucky's down that hall. And we thought it was some weird Wait, gag. I've got a question. What? I have a, yeah, I, real quick. What? So you say, like the way I imagine this, you just are coming out of a like, you know, relatively private area if you're going to a bathroom. And so right as you come out of the bathroom, there's just some dude standing there going like, hey, uh, <laughs> go down that hallway. <laughs> well, now like, that you mentioned it. me, my hands aren't even dry. <laughs> Nothing you mentioned it. I'm like, I, that was not a safe move for me. I don't even know. It wasn't a safe move for me, but for different reasons. It's just weird because I okay. was like, oh, okay. Be right back. Yeah. <laughs> sure, stranger. It's not every day someone tells me where to go. Yeah, exactly. So my friend and I thought it was some gag. Like they remembered who it was that I said when we opened the doors. And we're like, what a weird, like, lazy gag. But we go down the hallway, and lo and behold, (laughs) it's Chucky. It was Chucky. A doll. A Chucky doll is there? No, it was a. Oh my God. So it was like a human being. A human being. Dressed up as Chucky. Dressed up as Chucky, carrying a knife. And like, I, I actually have video footage. I personally took footage, but then my friend was right behind me and she was, I didn't know, but she was taking a video too. So we have two of the <laughs> exact same accounts of the event, um, but just one from my perspective and then one from her perspective, seeing me be scared. I'm like running out of the bar screaming. I'm like, we need to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> she got the reactivid. Yes. And it was, uh, it was terrifying, but also exhilarating. Well, you answered my question. It was <laughs> exhilarating. Well, I was going to ask if it yeah. was exhilarating. and uh... <laughs> <laughs> Did you ask for your money back? Because it doesn't seem like there was any Beetlejuice at all. It's really weird. It's, it was so strange. I don't understand it. Is this the same people who did Saved by the Max? No, absolutely not. I hear that okay. that is legit. No, yeah, I hear that one is fantastic. And they're opening like, I want to say a Dawson's Creek one, but I don't what? think it's Dawson's Creek. Yeah. Well, like, what would they do? Open up, like, the SS Ice House? Yes, the ISIS Ice House. Yeah. Um, We'll talk about more of of that on the Tiny TV episode or something. Sure. Tune in over there. But uh, without any further ado, Brittany, we should probably get to Tim and I's talk about Midsummer. Tim talk. Sorry about uh, the Chucky situation. No, it it was worth it. Oh, Oh my God, I'm so scared. I didn't even know. Welcome to Pumpkin Spice Podcast. This is a bonus episode because 
we just saw Midsummer, and when I say we, I mean me, Rob Schulte, and my wonderful guest, Tim Barnes. That's me. Uh, we're working with one mic today, so if anyone hears me pull it away from your face, that's why. Um, I would like to give you some credentials, just so that people know who Tim Barnes is, although they probably should already. Uh, you work for Comedy Central. You had an amazing podcast, still do, and live show called It's All True. Well, yeah, sort of. You can listen to old episodes. Maybe one day. It exists. It exists. One day it'll come back in, an, in all its glory. Some people put a uh, period at the end of the sentence. You've put an ellipses. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Anything else that I'm missing? You've got art school. You're a stand-up comic. I write for Comedy Central, and uh, I'm just a nice guy. And we both uh, are neighbors, and we saw Midsummer. and Brittany said, I'm not going to see that movie, and I said, well, I think I want to talk to Tim about it then. Wait, your co-host for your horror movie podcast refuses to see Midsummer? By the way, what is the proper way to say the name of this movie? I say Midsummer. Midsummer. Okay. Just because it's spelled that way. I've heard so many I've heard so many different ways of pronouncing this throughout the weeks. We should probably just start calling it uh Misomer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mer. Did you see Misomer? Yeah. The people <laughs> give us a little bit more credit. Think we know what we're talking about. You're actually um more of a film buff than I am. I do it for fun, but you studied film, correct? I did, yeah. Briefly at Santa Barbara City College, I went through a film studies phase. I used to, I, I used to want to be a filmmaker before I got into stand-up, and I think I still, at some point, want to. But yeah, I love, I love movies. I love the mise en scene of Misomer, and uh, I think uh, movies are great. And uh, yeah, I, I totally. Can't you tell the confidence in how I'm talking right now? I can. Yeah. Uh, I also did a couple of film classes, but not nearly like that. I've never written or been behind the camera. I just, I like to learn, and Clive likes to eat. We will be hearing Clive in the background today. He's very excited. I'm home from work. I think we should dive right in. I told you that I want to go to that festival in Sweden. No, you said it would be cool to go. Yeah, and then I got the opportunity and I decided Look, I to do it. I don't mind you going. I just wish you would have told me. That's all. Dude, she needs a therapist. You've been wanting out of this stupid relationship for like a year now. And don't forget about all of the beautiful Swedish women you'll meet in June. Okay, guys. That's not her again. Seriously? Babe, what's happening? Danny. I was so very sorry to hear about what happened. I'm sorry. I invited Danny to come to Sweden. You know what she's been going through? Christian says you've got this special week planned. It's sort of a crazy festival. Special ceremonies and dressing up. That sounds fun. Unbelievable. Welcome and happy midsummer. Skoll! What time is it? 9 p.m. That can't be right. The sky is blue. This is what 9 p.m. is like here. <laughs> How long have you two been together? Just over three and a half years. Four years. Really? Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? It's like another world. Tomorrow's a big day. Is it scary? What is it? It has special properties. What am I going through? We just need to acclimate. I don't want to acclimate, I want to go. Absolutely not. What's happening? 
so guilty right now because you know. We only do this every 90 years. I was most excited for you to come. What was your lasting image from the movie? Like, what really was like, I'm coming back and I'm talking about this movie and I'm starting with this. Hmm. I think really seeing, and this is a spoiler episode, right? Seeing the image of a man's body who's still awake inside of a bear was uh, very striking to me. That is something where I don't even know what it means, but I feel like it means something. Just seeing a guy who's like barely alive inside of a bear as a building's burning around him uh, really really hit me in a weird way. Sometimes I feel like I'm stuck inside of a bear and that's not just the way people will classify me in a gay club, you know? I completely understand. (laughs) But also, just to add to the man inside of a bear, a scene is in the movie just before it that is not needed, but I'm so glad it's there. It's the old man teaching the young uh, students, the young people of the village, how to actually cut open a bear and take, I guess, an autopsy? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Take all of the organs out of a bear? Some of us dissect frogs in elementary school here in Sweden, in Misomer. You cut open a bear and st- stick a living human in it. What I didn't understand is, like, do they do that? They must do that every time. Yeah, but, okay, here's the bigger thing. Yeah. I'm hoping that since this is a spoiler episode, we don't have to, like, tell everyone exactly what happens in the movie. Because, yeah, uh, Pell... Wilhelm Blomgren says that uh, uh, they do this every 90 years, but Midsommar is once a year, and it feels like the village would die out. So maybe the 90 years is just a ploy, a lie. Yeah, I have no idea. Maybe they classify time in a different way there. It does feel like an area that exists outside of the realm of time, for sure. If I could save time in a bottle. Any sort of ritual like that, like putting a man in a, in a bear, not just in a bear outfit, uh, is always just so striking to me in like cult horror sort of movies because you could essentially say, like, how do we take nature and then make it more fucked up than nature actually is. At the very beginning of the movie, when you first meet Danny, did you notice, and this is a bigger through line through the movie, but like um, the art that's on the walls. She had a big uh, painting of some sort on her wall in her dorm room or wherever she was living that was a giant bear like over a tiny girl. It looked like a young woman in the corner, like a kid. Take that what you will. Is it like her, everything around her attacking her and she's stuck in this corner and then the bear is burned at the end and she's free? Seems a little on the nose, but definitely if you wouldn't have seen that picture, you wouldn't have thought anything like that. I I wouldn't have noticed it until you told me. That's that's amazing. Well, did you notice anything else on walls or like, I guess there's the one tapestry that comes in. (laughs) Looks like a weird comic strip I might have drawn in middle school. Uh, It's like our crumb almost. Yeah, Uh, yeah, that was very shocking. It seemed to be just about a couple. And I remember seeing uh, a young woman on the tapestry cutting her pubic hair. And then the only other image I remember is like the woman with this sort of acid eyes oh yeah and then there's the one of her actually 
menstruating oh, into a, a mug. Yes. How long have you two been together? Just over three and a half years. Four years. Really? If she is menstruating into that mug in that comic strip, does that mean that in that drink that they give the boyfriend that there might be some... That is exactly <laughs> what's going on. They're not too shy about it, but if you don't make that connection, uh, everyone has what looks like lemonade, yeah, and one person has ocean spray. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, so they got the pubic hair and the pie and menstrual blood all in the same go. It's a classy dish for a classy man. Something that truly felt surreal to me in the experience of watching this was the moment where all the, the women are dancing around that pole. And this wasn't a strip club, if you haven't seen the movie. And a lot of the women have, have gone away out of the competition. And then all of a sudden, Danny starts speaking their language. And it was this sort of yes. euphoria. And I was like, I can imagine myself in somehow in a moment like that of suddenly speaking a language I can never speak before. It was really effective in a strange way. It's almost like you could see it coming, but you didn't know what it was, like that moment. And like articulating it through language, especially with the drugs happening, was like really great. But here's a question. What language would you be speaking? Because <laughs> I would probably find myself in an area where it's just like pig Latin or something, because that's like what my brain could pick up on. Ah, oh, this language. You know, I'd like to say French, but uh, most likely Ebonics. You know, if I could get good at that. Uh, that would be great, especially as, as a black person, if you can't tell. Uh, it would be really cool if I learned how to speak, uh, you know, street language. I thought you were going to go with some sort of weird Star Wars language, <laughs> because they don't uh, seem to have yeah. any sort of yeah, no, boundaries. Yeah, yeah, they don't seem to have any logic except for the broken English that the Gungans speak, which is, uh, yeah. <laughs> this sounds weird. I'm a big fan of cults. You know, I mean, but I, I movements, religions, things like that. It's always piqued my interest. I'm, uh, I'm a big fan of the podcast. Oh no, Ross and Carrie, they show up so you don't have to. That's their tagline. And uh, I've seen one of the hosts uh, talking a lot about Midsummer, and then I was like, well, of course, like people who are into cults and stuff would like this. And then I started remembering that like, there's all that breathing in the movie, like the. And you, so you see characters doing that either in preparation for something or in the moment because they're excited. Yeah. But like, I don't know if you know this, so ex sorry if I'm telling you something you know already or same to you, audience. Um, but that is something that a lot of movements or groups like to do for essentially like tripping. Uh, but it's also used as a form of control sometimes because if everyone's doing the same thing you start having like a hive mind mentality yeah, yeah. and i'm probably not getting all of the facts straight here but um that motif going through the whole thing that was one of the first things that led me to believe besides the trailers that this was a sinister group oh yes well it's interesting the things that you point out that remind you of cults remind me of improv oh, yeah. yeah so like <laughs> see where they're breathing we're doing zip zaps up yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I've had some, I've interacted with some improv people and I've been in a couple improv classes where I had to back out because I was afraid they're going to stuff me into a bear. <laughs> it's like, well, first just mime each other and we'll play mirror. Now, Tim, I'm going to put on a bear costume. You also put on 
this real bear. <laughs> I can totally see there being an activity where everyone just cries at the same time or like, you know, mimes, mimics pain at the same time. I actually have been in those theater classes. Not something that I thought of. So that is wild. And I'm going to have to talk to my therapist after. No, but also in addition to that sort of cult-like behavior, did you notice anything about the food? Because obviously I have a thought here, but I wanted to know if you noticed anything on that. No, I, I don't. Re- I feel like I have no recollection of what they were making. And they even show the kitchen. And I don't know what kind of pie that was. Was it meat pie or something? I have no we know what type of pie that was. <laughs> um, and maybe I'll edit this out. Pie. <laughs> Okay, so a lot of things is food deprivation or like gruel-esque type food, like food you don't really want to eat, but it's like full of carbohydrates or something that like fills you up, but like makes you tired. And this, there's uh, Mark, Will Poultier, Poultier, Mitsomi, Mark, the Mark character, uh, more than once, I believe, is just like, oh, all the food is disgusting or like, I haven't been able to eat anything. (laughs) Another way to like program people into just falling in line and- Oh, man, this is turning into the Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> well, but, uh, I have, like, uh, have you experimented with drugs? Watching this movie, it was something where I, I haven't taken acid or done mushrooms because I'm afraid of myself. Um, that's why I don't do them anymore. <laughs> but um, it seemed very uh, effective. Like, I feel like uh, clearly the director has experimented with drugs and... Um, I was like convinced that this is like pretty authentic to what those experiences are. Is that true? Uh, in my experience, yes. Hmm. Yes and no. Sorry, only because like visually, yes, in certain areas. Like when you would see those flowers bloom or like apparently there are faces in the background sometimes in the sky of like Danny's family. I read some people said they saw that like after she's May Queen, I believe. But also the giddiness. Um at the beginning is a very true statement when Mark's kind of like freaking out and he's like, no, no more people, you know, (laughs) stuff like that. Also, um, one of the first times I had ever allegedly done mushrooms, I really wanted to go off on my own. Like I did not want to be with the group. And I, I was just like, no, I'm going, Danny had much more tragic reasons, but I, I obviously, I think they said psilocybin. So that would be mushrooms. And it, can be made into a tea obviously they say they're eating mushrooms at the very beginning uh and i feel like especially when the dude is clapped in the face yes. uh that is definitely a, a faux pas or if you're trying to do something to someone uh so accurate <laughs> i was talking to someone who said that the the breathing of like there's a point where like every all the plants and things seem like they were had these or like they're all are already organic but everything around them seemed to be sort of breathing on their own yeah um i've seen stuff like that like i remember one time i was like looking at a carpet and similar visuals were happening um but also like i would always explain it to people as if things looked like a painting like an oil painting which i also feel was accurately represented in a lot of those scenes so but it's however you describe that like not quite real look (laughs) but also like fun and beautiful the one thing i i didn't really get i guess maybe especially in the scene you were talking about where she starts speaking the language a lot of times people get real emotional like happy emotional and like, oh, the sunset's so beautiful. Like, I'm so glad I've made it another day. Everything's connected on the earth. 
And I'm wondering if some of the heightened emotion points were heightened even more because of that. But really, everything seems so raw. Like when they're all breathing together and screaming after she sees her boyfriend uh, cheat on her, uh, that didn't feel like drugs were involved at all. That felt like I, this fucking sucks and I need all of these yeah. people to feel what I'm feeling, which is something I want to talk about later, but we should probably yeah, yeah. Uh, talk about that other scene. <laughs> what, what do you have to say? I was going to say that scene where they're all kind of crying together felt uh, that didn't freak me out. You know, that felt like uh, it's weird, but I kind of would want that maybe at some point in my life. It's strange. Yeah, it's it felt healthy. <laughs> yeah, The yeah. same way when like, the old couple jumped off the cliff or when the people were burning alive, yeah. everyone was like emoting the emotions yeah. that the other person was feeling yeah. real group mentality, but also like it didn't feel like anyone in Danny's life actually wanted to come together, yeah. you know, didn't want to heal together. And we could go a little bit deeper into that, but this was the sort of thing of Danny finding like, Oh, these people have empathy even if it's a little fucked up. What's the probability that Misomer is a, an allegory for a burning man? I would say it's probably more of a, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think this movie coming out now when I, in my opinion, festival culture is on the decline, uh, really kind of holds a mirror up to like, this is the extreme of fire festival. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, we need to get our things less corporate, yeah. more organic. We're going to this like small <laughs> festival. There's not even any music except yeah. for like a lute. I don't know why you invited us. What did you think about that sex scene? And maybe would you mind setting the scene a little bit for our listeners? Because maybe there are people... Well, we do have listeners on this show that will not see horror movies, <laughs> but will listen to the show because it's the only way to like digest the medium. Yeah. Um, but if you would... Paint me a picture with those psilocybin <laughs> mushrooms. Um, so Danny's boyfriend, what's the boyfriend's name? Boyfriend's name is Christian, played Christian. by Jack Renner. And what an interesting, uh, that name Christian, I bet that has something to do with everything too. Because his character seems so Puritan in a strange way, where when his friends go missing, he's like, I'm so sorry, I would have no idea what, like he feels like he really, in a weird way, he feels like he really wants to be on board with this cult. Yeah, almost, but, like, he always feels like he has something else under there, which we learn, like, he wants to write his paper or he doesn't want to be with Danny. But, like, he also finds himself pulled in. Yeah, yeah. So, he, you know, he, he wants to break up with, with Danny, and this young woman in the cult has her eyes set on him. And so throughout the movie, she's, like, setting up these sort of things to make him fall in love, and then uh, they give him some weird uh, drink, and he's going on this really bad trip, and then she kind of lures him into this room where she's surrounded by uh, a bunch of the other women in the cult, and her mom is also there, and uh, she's lying down on her back, and they force uh, Christian to enter, and then every all the women witness him make love to uh, this young woman. This newly able to make love. I guess they're a very, like, breed-like yes. people. Um, Creepily um, sweet in a weird way, but also incredibly funny. One of the biggest laughs is when the mom kind of cradles... And when I saw the, the movie, the mom kind of cradles the daughter while she's having sex and kind of looks her in the eye and sings to her while her daughter is having... It was very... A lot of taboos being broken there. 
and everyone is naked. Yes. Like, um, not, I mean, we are very highbrow here yeah. at Pumpkin Spice Podcast, yeah. but like when, no matter what, Christian is not the best human being in the world. And when he goes in there, like, even him being freaked out, it's not even because he's just staring at a room full of naked people and like a cornucopia. Uh, but it is like for the audience, you were like, this is a moment. Yeah. This is a scene for, for the group. Yeah. Like it is for us too, but it's like, this is something way more important than we had yeah. even imagined. Yeah. I have a theory about that scene that we mentioned before recording, but got to get it in. Because I've yet to hear anyone talk about this on, uh, you know, any of these social networks of choice. They say that their Oracle, who is a mentally handicapped, well, just a handicapped person in general, they're deformed, they've got mental cognition problems. Um, They say that they have an Oracle because they don't have the blocks of everyday human life. And so they like, I'm, I'm getting to somewhere audience, I promise. So they'll like paint, weird finger paints on a thing and then other humans will interpret what that means for their living doctrine. And this person's, this is where they live, where this sex party is happening. And they're in the room laying down, watching it happen. Uh, These oracles are a product of inbreeding. And maybe it's just because the woman and Christian have red hair, but I'm wondering if somehow they're related because it can be inbreeding and like yeah. be generations and like yeah. DNA apart. It may not be disfiguring, yeah. but they don't really, I mean, there's no real evidence that I saw connecting yeah. except for like hair color. Yeah. Uh, that never crossed my mind, but uh, it was interesting how they talked about how they would do deliberate inbreeding and then sort of selective, like bring someone from outside of the group to, to, which is obviously what happened to Christian. Um, I don't know how the math on that works with this society they have, but... Uh. <laughs> Every 90 years, so... Well, and, uh, and it's what Pell's doing for Danny. Yeah. And another thing I hadn't really seen noticed, or I hadn't noticed, was that when Pell gives Danny that drawing he did of her before they go there, there's like a signature in the bottom corner, but it's runic, you know? It's supposed to, you know, it's from Pell. He's foreign. Um but then when they're doing that dance where yeah. she learns the language, those two symbols are on her dress. Pell cast a spell on, on Danny. Uh, one more thing about this sort of sex scene is that it was another uh, example of the group mentality because uh, not only do, does this group mimic pain, but they also mimic orgasmic sounds. Which is what tips Danny off yeah. before she has her scream session yeah. where they're mimicking pain and i I don't remember how the the song they're all like sort of singing a song while they're having sex and then once uh, she starts moaning they moan in return it was it it was almost like whale sounds it was i was (laughs) that makes me think of carl sagan (laughs) did you notice though that um pell had said to christian like think of all the swedish women you will impregnate Not many, just one. <laughs> and then, because uh, I feel like that's the first one that you can be like, oh, he said that, then he did that. But uh, but then there was also, Pell was like, no, Danny, I know how you're feeling. Your parents died. My parents also died in a f- tragic fire. Yeah. Or he didn't say tragic. Yeah. He just says died in a fire. Yeah. So his parents had to have been a couple of people that sacrificed themselves as yeah. well. I also want to talk about the racial dynamic here. 
Please do, Tim. They clearly never breed with people of color. So <laughs> it seems to me that they just kind of bring a bunch of people of color and kill them every uh, 90 years or whenever this happens. It seems like there is no intention of keeping the people of color. and There's no people of color in the cult. From our point of view, that would be, all right, these are just characters, like tools that just brought in to like, okay, we need people to die here, here, and here. And I feel like that's that's the, like the '80s trope of horror movies, right? Is like the black guy dies first or whatever. Uh, but that seemed to be changing. But it seems to be the thing in this one. And I know people aren't all like praising this movie, um, but I don't think it was necessarily that intentional. But it does seem like well, it's very easy if these people aren't breeding with any people of color. Yeah. That okay, here's our next tentpole of the story. <laughs> Yeah, it didn't bother me, but it, it seems like after watching the movie, like that, that is like a fact about this group of people, which doesn't seem unrealistic to me. I totally believe there's a group of Swedish people who don't, a cult of Swedish people who, who want to stay, whatever they, they are. I can only imagine what the population is like in that area of Sweden anyway. <laughs> okay, before we end, Tim. We should probably talk about how we just watched the trailer again before recording this. The long one that gives you like a 30-second trailer, then another A24 logo, and then like a four-minute trailer? Never seen this before, but that's what happens. And we noticed in both of those little snippets... Well, there's a moment, and I remember when before I saw the movie, every time I saw the trailer, this moment stuck out to me. I was like, this is why I want to see this movie. You sort of see these feet that are planted on the ground, and then they quickly levitate. And it freaked me out every time I saw the trailer, and I don't think I saw it in the movie. I could cannot remember it. And it it could be as easy as a scene where they're lifting Danny up to put her in a chair or something, but it looks like it's inside of that Oracle hut. So like it looks like it would be related to the sex scene. Maybe it's even just lifting Christian up to put him inside the um to put him inside the bear. Maybe maybe it was so subtle in the movie and for a different practical reason that it didn't stick out the same way it did in the trailer, but um, just an image of feet suddenly levitating is frightening. Yeah, I don't like David Blaine either. <laughs> the moment you said that to me and then the moment it came on the trailer, I was just like, yeah, well, this is the cow from Twister. Uh, listeners, if you know and are screaming at your devices right now, Please let us know. Use the hashtag Pink Jeans. Uh, this is Pumpkin Spice Podcast. I want to take a little moment here, Tim, to let everyone know that they can join our Patreon page. Um, we do bonus episodes, and it helps us, uh, you know, keep this show going. We're seasonal shows, Tim. You need a little bit of financial backing, or you don't get these fancy Midsommar episodes. All right, we're about to close up. Like I said earlier, not everyone loved this movie. Um, I don't think you can really argue that it was, wasn't was shot beautifully or competently at that. I think it was an incredible follow-up to Hereditary. Did you see Hereditary? I have not seen Hereditary. Maybe I'll see it this weekend. I am really excited to hear your thoughts on that, seeing it <laughs> this before that. Um, every director has their weird thing. Maybe. Nothing seemed out of place. It seemed like the shocking moments happened because they wanted us to get, reach a state of total shock and you're talking about a cult. So yeah, nothing felt strange. I do think the marketing of this movie was perfect. And the the only other movie I can think of that made me a horror movie that made me want to go see it. The instant it came out was get out. 
And I, I don't know what it is about the marketing of both of those, but they just like worked in the sort of like zeitgeisty, a subtle zeitgeisty way. Yeah. Each one is zeitgeisty for their own zeitgeisty reasons yeah. too. <laughs> Tim Barnes, thanks for being on the show. Love it whenever you uh, come over to my house and hang out with me for a little while. Um, is there anything you'd like to plug at this moment? Uh, yes, I co-host a show called Art School at Union Hall. Uh, the next edition of it is going to be uh, at Union Hall at 8 p.m. on July 28th, which is a Sunday, I believe, and it's at 8 p.m. We've got uh, the rapper Fat Tony, comedian uh, Ava Victor, and uh, a bunch of other people, including me. I'll be there. Won't you join me? And follow uh, Tim Barnes on Twitter, Tim Barnes 451 And why is that? Because that's the temperature at which jokes burn. This has been Pumpkin Spice Podcast. Uh, thank you to Jeremy Siegel, who wrote our theme music. Catch us this fall. We'll have a new season for you. See you all later. Bye. excited for you to come.